The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Big week for NFL fans. It is NFL Draft Week, and we welcome you to our coverage. It is Monday right now. We'll talk about the NFL players, the veterans who have the most to gain or lose after the NFL Draft. Wednesday, we're going to probably unveil a mock draft. We'll see. Uh, that's the plan, but if we cover most of that stuff on today's show, we, we might not do that. And then Thursday, where there will not be an early show, there will be a recap as soon as day one is done. We'll be on the air Thursday night. Same thing Friday night. Same thing at some point on Saturday. We'll give you a recap of day one, day two, and day three. Adam Azer here with Jamie Eisenberg. Dave Richards should be joining us shortly. And uh, we... <laughs> And we uh, have, have a good show for you today. Your email is at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. What's up, Jamie? I'm very upset with you and Thomas for editing out the muted version of the bonus podcast we did on Jameson Williams. Uh, nah, you should not be upset at all. That needed to be edited out. We No, uh, it was so funny. It, it was funny, but it was embarrassing. I don't know what happened there. I was just in the middle of my intro, and then all of a sudden I went out. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was the Jamison Williams news. So let's, uh, let's talk about some news and notes real quick from around the NFL and then we'll get Dave on and we'll talk about the players who could be affected by the NFL draft. Uh, Akbar Baja Biamila of the CBS of CBS's the talk. He tweeted that Derek Henry was being traded to the Eagles. This is a former NFL player. His brother also played in the NFL, uh, but he tweeted that Derek Henry was being traded to the Eagles. There hasn't been much around this, Jamie. What do you make of that? I mean, it seems like everybody's refuted it, so I'm going to guess it's uh, still could happen. Obviously, you know the Eagles definitely have a need at running back, and the Titans, since the offseason, have been trying to unload Derrick Henry's contract as they are looking like a team that's ready to rebuild. So, um, I, I can only go back to you know the the closest reference I have, which is I spoke to Chigo Conco of the Titans, and he hopes at the time this was two weeks ago that uh, Derrick Henry's still part of the team. So, if he's moved, the Eagles make a lot of sense. Um, but you know, seemingly everybody's refuting this trade happening. AJ Brown's like, bring it on. Yeah. AJ Brown likes him. Uh, okay. Josh Jacobs has not like Derrick Henry. What's that? Who doesn't like Derrick? I like Derrick Henry. We interviewed him. It was cool. Uh, that was a few years ago. He's probably still cool. Josh Jacobs has not signed his franchise tag. He will not take part in the voluntary off season program. So that's him and Saquon Barkley. 
uh, in the same situation. Three. Yeah. The Jets, some Jets news. They re-signed their starting center, Connor McGovern. And more importantly, they could be trading for Aaron Rodgers this week. There is some buzz that it will happen sometime this week. Uh, in terms of them re-signing their starting center, the Jets, you know, they look like a like if they get Aaron Rodgers, they look like a really good team. They're, you know, they've got a stud receiver, we think, stud running back, we think. Of course, there's an injury factor there. Hopefully a stud quarterback. They had a great defense last year. But the offensive line is a huge, huge issue for them. They were 27th in run blocking, 30th in pass blocking. This is, this is the New York Jets we're talking about, uh, according to PFF last year. And, Jamie, a lot of people are mocking an offensive lineman to the Jets with the 13th pick. They also have 42 and 43. But For now. For now, right. But, what you know, reportedly that thir- first-round pick is, is off the table. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you were doing a mock draft, are you mocking a, a left tackle to the Jets? I would think some semblance of an offensive lineman makes makes a ton of sense. You know, you you look at like you said, everything for the most part is is somewhat covered. Um, you know, they they brought in a receiver in Miko Hardman to add to their group. The tight ends they addressed last season. Quarterback they're about to upgrade. You said the defense is 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 certainly on the rise. I agree with that. Um, so, offensive line is something that you have to have when you're talking about a 39 year old quarterback. So I would imagine that's the uh, the huge part of their their draft process is to you know, add some pieces there and whatever's going to be left in free agency, we you know, once some guys get cut. So they'll, they'll, they'll certainly be tweaking that, that group for sure. Yeah, we'll and I, I just wonder though, when you, when you give the, the PFF run blocking grades, what their run blocking grades are when Brees Hall was there versus not, I know you're giving the season grades overall, yeah. but you know, it's always interesting when you lose a talented player like him and how things change because they grade based on what they're seeing. They don't know the schemes. They don't know how the personnel grouping is supposed to be. Um, only the NFL teams know that. So I wonder if it was slightly better when Brees Hall was there. Okay, and we'll see if they can get anything out of Mikai Becton. Um, they have to decide if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. I think they're probably not going to, but uh, that doesn't mean he won't be. He'll be on the team, see if they get anything from Becton. And on that topic, I just want to say I did listen to something very interesting over the weekend, very fun. It was the latest episode of the With the First Pick podcast. They recorded it on Thursday. They brought on Emery Hunt. Emery gave his mock draft, and his mock draft was not what he expects to happen. It's what he thinks each team should do. And it just it was interesting perspective. And then Rick Spielman, you know, for those of you who don't know, I've talked about it every week. I promoted the podcast. Rick Spielman is actually great on the air. He's really funny. He's got a great rapport with Ryan Wilson. This was a terrific listen. So um, it it helped me. You know, it has helped me get ready for the draft. And I strongly recommend a listen to uh, the With the First Pick podcast. I also recommend downloading the CBS Sports app. I was on the app the other day. It was yesterday actually. Um, waiting for the Knicks game to start. And I was just reading about all of the prospects. We have profiles on on at least all the first-round prospects. So uh, on the app right there, if you just go to our draft coverage. So check out the CBS Sports app. You can get lightning-fast live scoring. It's a really great app. You can get breaking news alerts. Download that. And, Jamie, this is what everybody wants to know about. The draft contest. How to get into the podcast league. Thomas Schaefer is going to be taking on the brunt of this work here. So thank you to him. If you email thomas.schafer, yeah, I know it should probably have a C in the last name, but it doesn't. It's S-H-A-F-E-R, thomas.schafer at paramount.com. Is that right? Okay, that's right. All right, here's the contest. You're going to email NFL Draft Contest to thomas.schafer at paramount.com, and you are going to do, you're going to guess the first 10 picks of the draft. The teams do not matter. Don't tell us the teams. Just tell us the players 
and how they're going to go one through 10. One, Bryce Young, you know, first and last name would be helpful, but whatever. One, Bryce Young, two, Will Anderson, whatever you think it's going to be. You don't have to tell us the team, just the top 10 picks. You have to get the order right. It's not just, oh, these were the 10 players picked. You got to get number one was Bryce Young, number eight was whoever, Skaronsky, uh, and whatever it is. You got to get the order right. And whoever gets the most right is in the podcast league. So email your top 10 picks in order. No teams, just the players. To thomas.shafer at paramount.com. I'm telling you no teams because I've done this contest many years and I know what people do. And they also say, hey, I got eight right. Well, you got the names right, but you didn't get the order right. You got to get the order right. All right. I've been throwing a curveball here. I thought Dave was coming on today. Heath is coming on today. Hey, Heath, what's up? This is like a... The, there was a pitch you could throw in the game. I think it was RBI baseball, or maybe it was just baseball uh, back on the Nintendo, where it would actually break twice. So this is the double breaker, because I was originally scheduled to be on the show. Then Dave had to take over. Now I'm back. I think my technical difficulties have been resolved. I will no longer ruin the show with my sound, just with my takes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we ask, Keith. You can have the worst takes in the world. We just need you to have good sound. We appreciate it. Heath's <laughs> Dynasty show is tomorrow. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. And ba-ba-ba-ba, we're putting it in the in the audio feed as well. So that's gonna be Fantastic part of it. news. Yes. Yes. That that will cut down on my twi- Twitter mentions considerably. Uh, I'll tell you just briefly, guys, about my weekend. I went to Nando's house and I overflowed his toilet. So what? that was awesome. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it was poured out of the bowl and onto the floor, and I had to turn it off from the bottom. So that was uh, that was great. What? Yep, yep, that happened. Did you pee or poop? Peed. I peed. Thankfully. <laughs> um, so that there was that was Saturday and Sunday. I went to the Nick. Please tell me what his reaction was. He brought a plunger down, and he was like, "Oh, you turned off the water. I didn't surprise you even knew how to do that." So it was really, it was, I bore the brunt of it, got my socks all wet with toilet water. Was, <laughs> I had to go home in a pair of his wife's socks, which fit me perfectly. <laughs> oh, it was great. And then wow. Sunday I went to the Knicks game, my first playoff game at MSG. I was so excited. I had a splitting headache. I went with Frank Stanfield. I left him uh, at the, about three minutes left in the first quarter, I tried to get some some Tylenol. I had to go to the nurse's office at MSG. Uh, no. They had to, yep. They had to take my vitals. Uh, I missed the chunk of the game. I almost fell asleep at halftime. I finally recovered around the fourth quarter, and I enjoyed a quarter of the basketball game. So, so you said your first playoff game at MSG. Had you been to a Knicks playoff game? In Miami. Somewhere else? Yeah, in Miami. Okay. Several of them. But yeah, I had always wanted to go to one in, in, in Madison Square Garden. And the, the one quarter that I was conscious, it was pretty great. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to the show here. Players who could be affected by the NFL draft. All right, Jamie, you'd vaguely just said Carolina, Houston, and Indianapolis. You're expecting, uh, quarterbacks, I guess for them. Houston yes. seems a little less certain, but yeah, they have two picks. Um, but all right. So are you expecting good things for the, for the players on these teams, Carolina, Houston, and Indianapolis, uh, relative to last year? I mean, I, I would hope <laughs> that they're better relative to what happened last year with some of the players. Um, there's a lot of new faces on a few of these teams, Carolina for sure. Um, you know, I think when it comes to Indianapolis, uh, as long as the quarterback play is better than Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles, because for Michael Pittman, for example, his numbers with Matt Ryan weren't horrible. 
Uh, his numbers with those other guys were, were just absolutely disastrous. And, you know, I, I think just what these guys could potentially get with, you know, hopefully better quarterback play will be better than what they, they currently have. You know, so that was kind of just, you know, they'll gain from the draft would be my hope. Heath, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it depends. I, I, I saw a bunch of chatter yesterday and looked. I'm getting working on my mock draft, and I think Will Levis is now <clears> um, projected as the number two pick according to gambling odds. I'm not sure. I, I don't even know how much some of these guys are going. Like, is Anthony Richardson going to play a lot in his rookie year? That will be the thing that determines it. But I do think wherever Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud goes, teams are probably going to get an upgrade in year one. Yeah, I have to do a mock. They're making me write an article. Ugh. I can't believe you guys have to do that for a living. I have to write a mock draft for this site. Is anybody not going to mock Bryce Young to the Panthers? That's that's going to be everyone's number one. I'd be right? very surprised if that's not the case anymore. I'm yeah. I'm mostly just using the uh, the betting odds and determining the order um, in my mock. So yeah, for sure, Bryce Young. Okay, so which player on Carolina, Houston, or Indianapolis do you think has the most to gain? From having a new quarterback, uh, of those teams, I would yeah. say probably Michael Pittman. You know, and 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 this is really also a Gardner Mitchell conversation too, just because I think he's better than what Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles were last year. So, you know, just anything is 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 a benefit to him. But if you if you look at it right now, I mean, he's the best receiving option, unless I'm missing somebody of of those three teams. No, right now, feeling, <laughs> you know. Well, again, you know, right? It's, it's you know. Nico Collins and John Mechie, we don't know what's happening there. Um, Indianapolis, it's easy, you know. So, I, I th- and and you know, you extend it to the running backs too. You know, if the quarterback plays better, I would hope Jonathan Taylor just being healthy is is going to produce. But you know, I, I think just getting better quarterback plays going to help him significantly. Um, for Houston, you know, not that Davis Mills was a complete disaster, but he did not take a step forward, which I, I'm sure the Texans would have liked because then they could certainly avoid taking the quarterback, which is what seemingly you're hearing out of Houston this year that they're not thrilled with this group. So, you know, I, I think just, again, any better play at that position, and I agree with Heath, if it's Anthony Richardson going to one of those teams, then it's probably not the best scenario for what they're looking at in year one. It's great for him and his fantasy outlook because of the things that he's potentially going to do. But in terms of what is going to happen with those guys, you know, I was trying to think like, okay, you know, some of Dan's scenarios, like I don't think the Falcons are taking a quarterback personally. Um, I, I, I don't remember some of the there, – there was one other one I think that was just – out there for me, but I gave you, you know, the other, the others on the flip side of it, the Seahawks take a quarterback or the Raiders take a quarterback. And then we have sort of this uncertainty about what those teams are going to do at some point during the season. If the guy that is entrenched as the starter to open the season struggles. I think we should talk a little bit more about Michael Pittman. Heath, he did not exactly build off a very encouraging second season on a per game basis. He was I mean, big, big difference here in the formats, number 36 per game in non PPR number 21 per game in full PPR. Uh, 99 catches, but only 925 yards, only four touchdowns on 141 targets. He played on a team with with terrible offensive line play and terrible quarterback play. His ADOT was was really low, and they just became this team that was throwing the ball a ton, uh, really, really short yardage. It was, it was dreadful. Um, you know, what do you think about Michael Pittman, I guess? And obviously, wouldn't shock, it wouldn't shock me if they picked a wide receiver, you know, to bolster that group at some point in the draft. But do you think Michael Pittman uh, could skyrocket if, if it's, say, C.J. Stroud, not Anthony Richardson, who goes there? 
Um, well, yes, I do think he could still skyrocket. I also agree with Jamie that they already have a quarterback on their roster better than the guys they were playing in the second half of the season. Um, I don't know if Gardner Minshew currently is better than Matt Ryan was last year, but I'm not sure that I would rule it out because he wasn't very good last year either. But there, there was like 35 of his 141 targets came from Ellinger or Foles. And that's not that many except when you consider that he turned those 35 targets into 185 yards. That's <laughs> oh, my gosh. 5.3 yards per target. It, to pass from one of those guys to Pittman was basically the same as a rush attempt for someone like Nick Chubb. Yeah. Um, he, he was not very good with Ryan, but he was close and closer to seven yards per target. Um, so, yes, I think there is a huge opportunity. I would expect him to be more efficient next year with Minshew. Now, the other thing we don't know, and you, Jamie referenced it, or you referenced it with the wide receiver, is will he get that type of target share in a new offensive system? As the team's currently constructed, you'd have to think probably, but they could add people that would change that. Just in, in his games with Matt Ryan, he averaged 14.5 PPR points. In the games without him, it was 10.4. It's it's yeah. enormous, but but the thing is, you know, it, it was not the type of Michael Pittman we want to see. It was a six point nine yard a dot. That's he should not be used like that. Okay, I mean they were. It was we remember what happened. They couldn't protect the quarterback, so they were getting the ball out super quickly, throwing the ball a ton. And there was a point where Paris Campbell was borderline must start. He was on such a hot streak, and Michael Pittman. But it was all PPR. So his a dot in three seasons, Pittman's been eight point four, nine point eight, and then six point nine. It's just. I don't know. They, they need to protect the passer better. They also need a guy who can move a little bit because that was a problem. Like Matt Ryan couldn't move. It's why they went with Ellinger. Um, so I, I just... Well, know. they went with Ellinger to tank. <laughs> I mean, that's, let's be real. That's true. But they did cite, you know, Frank Reich basically apologized to Matt Ryan for not being able to protect him. Um, and then uh, this question here from Silver, Silver Soul Jones. Colts fans would like to know who's better for the Colts long-term, Hendon Hooker, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis? I mean, if we were to project out and say that Anthony Richardson becomes what he could become, it's a no-brainer, but that's the if. Will Levis, you're start, this is why the betting odds have changed. Will Levis in NFL circles is skyrocketing up draft boards. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to go two. It doesn't mean he's going to be the second quarterback taken. But it's just everything that you hear from people who talk to people on teams and don't report these things, they love Will Levis. They love the things that he's capable of doing. Now, he could easily flop. There's no doubt about that. But um, I would say probably Will Levis, if you're if you're asking me right now, of the three guys. For a long term. Okay. Yeah. Uh, guess he, what? He, he, to me, is in terms of upside and safety, he is the, the better of that trio. Upside, there's no question. It's Richards. Hey, Dave. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, what's up? Now we're all here. We're all here. Rock and roll. Ray for technology. Hooray, Dave is here. All right, Dave, so here's our topic of conversation. Carolina, Houston, and Indianapolis. They have players that stand to hopefully benefit from new quarterbacks. Carolina, yes. Houston, and Indianapolis. We talked about Michael Pittman. Is there anyone else on these teams, maybe a running back, that you think could get a boost from the NFL draft? Obviously, all the pass catchers in Carolina because there, it looks like it's going to be Bryce Young. I'm sure. It, have you talked about Bryce Young and the impact there? Not really, no. Okay. They don't have a great receiving group. They it's it's a bunch of solid. Okay. Adam Thielen at this stage in his career, pretty solid. He's gonna get an opportunity to play a lot. That's good. DJ Chark, 
a little bit of potential there. We've been fooled by him before. Same thing with Hayden Hurst. They really need to add another wide receiver for the long term. I'm thinking they do that in round two. That might be the guy who benefits the most and hurts all the veterans who are there. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, look, I'm not going to force a conversation here. Um, we covered this, and we'll cover it more when the draft actually happens. Uh, there are some other players we need to talk about, like Tony Pollard and all these and running backs. And um, I think uh, Tyler Algier, I want to talk about the Falcons, what they might do with their first pick. Um, and that will be right after this quick break on Fantasy Football Today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. We got the whole gang here today. And Heath, I know you're going to like this stat. Just need a moment to, uh, to bring it up. But uh, yards per target. Mike Williams. I want to talk about the Chargers wide receivers because they might draft a pass catcher. We brought this up last, uh, last week. But not this specific thing. Mike Williams, yards per target. So yards per target, you know, I look at it, take it with a grain of salt. But this is a guy every year he's pretty good. He's been in the league for six seasons, I believe, maybe five. Over the last five seasons, yeah, six seasons. But over the last five seasons, here are your best wide receivers in terms of yards per target who have had 200 or more targets. A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, and Mike Williams is number five. Then it's Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Miko Hardman, surprising, Julio Jones, T. Higgins. That's a superstar list with some Hall of Famers on there. And Mike Williams is fifth in yards per target among wide receivers with 200 or more targets over the last five years. Um, what do you think happens if the Chargers draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds? I think we're going to lower expectations for Mike Williams. But, um, and I think he's, the, the, the problem is you said yards per target, take it for a, with a grain of salt. I would say n no, just compare guys with similar target amounts and 200 over four or five years doesn't really tell us very much. Um, it means you got 40 or 50 targets per year. The problem for him early in his career is he was an elite yards per target guy. He never had more than 80 or 90 targets over a 15 game sample. So it wasn't that meaningful. Yeah, he was just a, a willful or a Gabe Davis or whatever. Um, the last two years, he's both earned a lot of targets and still been in that elite range. Keenan Allen, on the other hand, gets a ton of targets and is more like Deontay Johnson in terms of yards per target, which isn't that rare for a receiver that works that close to the line of scrimmage. I, I think it depends on the type of wide receiver they add, but m mostly I think whoever that first or second round wide receiver is, we're not going to like them as much as a rookie. 
as we would have if they'd gone somewhere else. Dave, if the Cowboys draft a wide receiver in the first three rounds, let's say, day one or day two, uh, would that change anything for any for anyone, for CeeDee Lamb, for Cooks, for anyone? Mm. Okay. Jamie, same question to you. That's a hell of a face. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, this, this is, this is is one of those situations, same like the chargers, you know, uh, the, when you have an aging receiver as, as part of your group, the chargers do with Keenan Allen, you know, so they have to, you know, start to prepare for what's next. The Cowboys bring in Brandon cooks. He's not a long-term solution, you know, so they have to probably figure out what's best, especially after Jalen Tolbert didn't work out for them last year. That doesn't mean he can't, but you know, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, it would, it would change some things. I think CD lamb is still, has the chance to be elite because he's proven that, and, you know, picking up his fifth year option is a smart move on, on their part. But um, look, Michael Gallup, they don't know what they have. I, I think coming back from, you know, year removed from his ACL, they're talking him up a lot, which is encouraging. So, um, and, and again, Brandon cooks, the acquisition was, was a very smart move on their part, but can he still run to the level of what, you know, they probably need him to do. So yeah, it would, it would, it would downgrade probably more so the, the second and third tier guys, as opposed to CD lamb, because I think he's still locked into being that guy that alpha, that elite fantasy option as well. Okay, now, Dave. David Walker in the chat says, why wouldn't the Chargers draft a player like Trey Flowers, or Zay Flowers, excuse me, or similar who can replace Keenan Allen when his contract or playing time is up? What do you think about that? I, I think he can be more than that, though. We talked about Zay Flowers as somebody who, like, that's his floor, is to be a slot receiver. Not that Keenan Allen was a full-time slot receiver last year. They use him... Uh, a little bit more on the outside. I, I think I think Flowers is maybe one of their top targets this year because he can win downfield. There's evidence of that. And whether or not he, become, he becomes the replacement for Keenan Allen long-term remains to be seen. He could just be their number one receiver potentially as soon as this year. And so I think that that's something that they're looking for for their offense. Um, I'm probably going to mock him to the Chargers in a mock draft that I'm writing this week and definitely see a fit there and not necessarily as a guy who's the next Keenan Allen, but a guy who can be the first day flowers in this chargers offense. They need somebody who can attack downfield. Do you guys think the Falcons might take B. John Robinson eighth overall? Does anybody think that's a possibility? Yes, that's also something I'm mocking. Ooh. Uh, it would surprise me, but I, I, I think, you know, anytime you have an opportunity to get a difference making player, you know, if that's the route they decide to go, they just have so so, so many other holes to fill. Like it, w- it w- to me, it would not make sense. But um, you know, you never know what what you know any team is. You know, we never thought CD Lamb was going to the Cowboys, for example, when they drafted him, knowing the the receiving core that they had at the time. So uh, nothing would would be out of the realm of possibility. But if I'm the Falcons, to me, that that'd be a stupid draft pick to take Bijan Robinson. What have they done each of the past two years? What? They've taken Pitts. An, yeah. an offensive skill position player that they didn't necessarily need. Well, they didn't have oh, they needed receivers those last year. They absolutely needed those They guys. needed them, yeah. Um, well, but he, I don't think they need them. They need a quarterback. Honestly, what they should do is if the Texans pass on C.J. Stroud, they should give Arizona whatever they want to move up to three to get C.J. Stroud. Uh, I agree. Okay, so what – okay, so – I, I think that would be a great spot for, for Bijan. What do you guys think if he went to the Falcons? Yes, that would oh, be yeah. one of the yeah. winners winning spots. From, I don't know if there's a loser spot for Bijan, 
But that would be one of the best spots. He'd, he'd have a shot at 275 touches there easy. All right, let's look at this no, question here. All right, Jamie. Well, let's look at this question from Trevor. If Bijan goes to the Falcons, where would you take him in a 12-team PPR league draft? Jamie just said he didn't love it. Yeah, I mean, look, he, there, there, there's, there's loving him to, like, there's 25 teams I think I would, I would rather see him go to, you know, just because I think he would, he would, he's going to lose touches there. I don't think Tyler Algiers is going to go sit on the bench. Thoughts, guys? Heath, Dave, anyone? Uh, I uh, think early on Tyler Algier might not go sit on the bench, but okay. also they run the ball so much that Bijan could have 300 touches and Tyler Algier could have 150. 450 t- running back touches from Arthur Smith offense is no problem at all. Yeah, I don't think I could resist him as a top 15 pick in PPR redraft. If he Definitely first back. two rounds for me. Yeah, he's, he's not escaping round two no matter where he goes. Yeah, I don't. This is a tough stats to know everything, you know, what to make of it. But the Falcons, PFF gave them the number one run blocking grade in the NFL. And, you know, I've mentioned this a lot. Todd Bowles, head coach of the Bucks, said the Falcons have some of the toughest run schemes to defend against. Meanwhile, they were 10th best in running back yards before contact per carry. So I think that's pretty disappointing. Algier was something like 24th in that, uh, in that category, yards before contact per carry. Um, among running backs with 100 or more carries. He was 20, 24th out of like 42. Uh, Patterson was better. I think that he, it was a good year for Algier. I was watching a little bit of him today. I, I feel like he takes what the blockers give him, and they gave him a lot. And he's, you know, kind of elusive, and he, he can break tackles, but he just doesn't run away from people. I feel like, oh, my gosh, if Bijan Robinson got got the workload that we want from him, that Algier got down the stretch... On Atlanta, with the way they block, with the it, oh, with those schemes, could just Dave. Oh, look at Dave. I guess the thing that I Dave that Salomon. I hate about it is that doesn't make them a better team overall. I think it does. You get some because they need explosive plays, and they would yeah, they don't get that from the, I mean, again, you're not making yourself a Super Bowl contender by taking Bijan Robinson at eight. That's why they need to trade up for a quarterback. So who would you take, Jamie? You pass I would rusher. Look yeah, I mean, I mean you, that, that could be Jalen Carter right there. Probably not, right? But it could be. Maybe could be. I mean, if you get if you get four quarterbacks in the first six or seven picks, just trade eight for fourteen and Mac Jones, and then take Bijan at fourteen. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's see. Does Anything that make else? them a Super Bowl contender, though? Well, I don't think there's a path. There's not a pick that makes the Falcons a Super Bowl contender. No, not year. in 2023, but I how do you get there by 2024, yeah. 2025 when you have hopefully a quarterback in place? I think if they take any of the quarterbacks, they can make the case that they could at least contend for the division this year. Oh, I think they could well, contend I mean, for the, the division. I mean, the four of us right could contend for the division yes. right now. <laughs> Disaster. Yeah, it'd be interesting if Christian Gonzalez and Tyree Wilson were available and Bijan Robinson were available. So Christian Gonzalez. Uh, the highest rated by most people uh, cornerback in this draft out of Oregon, Tyree Wilson, defensive end from Texas. Well, I don't Tech. think they're going corner at this point with what their offseason looks like so far. Uh, probably not, but like they don't have a solidified number two starting cornerback, and uh, and Terrell they just is, they just cut Casey Hayward. Right, they they traded for uh, for Okuda, Oku, Jeff Okuda, but Terrell they're going to have to pay soon, so. A lot of people think you can never have enough corners, right? I mean, that's yeah, funny. it's not a look. Look, if if the choice is Bijan Robinson or a corner, from a team building standpoint, you take the corner. 
A lot of people think you can never have enough corners. Arthur Smith thinks you can never have enough tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to take a tight end at eight. Uh, do, you don't think so, Heath, right? No. Okay, no, good. I don't. Is there anything else here, guys? I mean, there's so many ways we can go with this, but might as well just wait for the draft to unfold a little bit. But any any veterans you're targeting right now in Dynasty or you think could, or you're trading away in Dynasty or anything like that? I mean, I think the two Chiefs wide receivers, um, because I they, I looked at their odds last night, and they're I think they're most likely positioned to draft in round one. It's offensive lineman, and number two right now by betting odds is wide receiver. Um, and Tony and Sky Moore are both so unproven, but have such enormous opportunity. If you added a guy like Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison or someone like that, it would certain certainly complicate their path. I would be looking to sell Tony Pollard right now if I can get a early first round pick for him. How early? Why? Because if they draft Bijan Robinson, which is certainly a possibility. I, yep. Yeah, I don't know that Bijan's making it to twenty six. You don't know that Dallas is staying put at twenty six. You're gonna. Tr- you think they're gonna trade up for Bijan Robinson? I mean, I. Depends I, on I, how far. I, listen, goes. we're a fantasy show. I love that we're excited about Bijan Robinson. The NFL does not value running backs as good as this guy is. They just don't value that position. They do when it's a guy like this. No, they did. We'll they see did if they do. four years ago with Saquon Barkley, and and at that point, four, that's four years. No, ago. no, at that point, it was already. A running backs are meaningless type of league. It was a passing. And what league. have we learned since then? That they could have taken Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold instead of Saquon Barkley. The thing is, yes, running backs are not going to win you a Super Bowl, but there are so many busts in the first round, and it does seem like Bijan Robinson is one of the safest picks. So, I totally agree. So but I don't think he's the, making the league it has 26. told us differently. I don't. All right, so have there been any prospects even close to this since Barkley? Close to this? I mean, Taylor wasn't getting this type of hype, even though he's not that far off from a prospect. Um, That class was special, and they all went in the second round for the most part, except the Chiefs took the wrong one. (laughs) What are Bijan's odds, Heath? Uh, I believe I saw him at, like, minus 200 for under 15 and a half. Okay, so that's... So they're expecting him to go. <laughs> under, he will. In the top 15. Uh, I, but that's the thing, Jamie. If you say you're trading Tony Pollard, are you running the big risk of them not getting Bijan Robinson? Well, of course. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just Bijan. It could be Jameer Gibbs. It could be Charbonnet. You know, they could, they, from, from what you would think, a day two running back for them would make sense. Unless, of course, Bijan falls. Right. And I, I think there's a bigger – like, I think that's a good call regardless of what happens in the draft – because Tony Pollard is pretty old for a running back who's never been a full-time running back, and he's only signed to the Cowboys for one year. Yeah. So they, I, we, he does not have the same guaranteed outlook that, that younger guys in a similar spot. I think trading him for a first-round pick is a great call. Okay, so I've got Pollard in our dynasty league. Mm-hmm. Let's I'm say you guys were interested in him. What first-round pick would you offer me for him? Well, I can only give you my own. So, <laughs> and which is what? Back. Where are you picking in round one? You're at the back. I of think one. I'm ten or eleven. I don't know. Right, and I would. I wouldn't do that. Well, that's what okay. I'm saying. It'd be an early. You first could round. tell me if you would. I don't know if I would trade him for one oh five. Yes, but you're you're a contending team, you know. Right. So it's it's more along the that's lines of a too. team that's not contending that is looking to be competitive in 2024. That's true. I I would target 101, 103. 104 in a one QB league, and I would be happy with 106, 107 in a super flex league. Sure, 
Sure. And I the get Dynasty, that too. The Dynasty League they're talking about is not a super flex league. Just for no, your, it's a one QB league. Reference. And <clears throat> and Pollard's upside shrivels if even if they get Charbonnet. Just makes perfect sense that Charbonnet could handle a lot of that Ezekiel Elliott role, and then Pollard's back to being forty snaps a game, thirty-five snaps a game. I think it shrivels if they take anybody in the first two rounds. You know, the 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 there's sure. going to be somebody, yeah yeah yeah. Even if it's Gibbs, you're right. There, there's going to be you know they they may go with Spears in the third or fourth round. You know, they they could have one of those situations where somebody falls to them that they really like. Look, <clears throat> their depth is not good. Ronald Jones, Malik Davis are not what you want with a guy coming off a broken ankle. Mm-hmm. So they're adding somebody in some some capacity. Again, it could still be Joe Mixon gets cut, Dalvin Cook gets cut, they end up in Dallas. Leonard Fournette goes there. You know, we we could see there, there's plenty of options that they have. The 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 situation that ruins Pollard is something of significance, some veteran of yeah. significance, some rookie of significance, and that's why you're trying to get ahead of it. That's how you you know win in dynasties. You're trying to get ahead of these situations. Yeah, uh, if you're if you are trying to win in dynasty though, for this year, maybe you should just keep Pollard because if they sign him to the franchise tag, you got to figure for this year he's gonna have a pretty big role for the Cowboys, right? Sure. I don't That's think cool. it's getting worse by any stretch than what it was a year ago. But to what the guys just said, there, there's there's a pretty clear path of the Cowboys telling us their coaching staff said so. In private meetings with media members last year, they said so. That they don't want to put too much on Tony Pollard's plate. It makes sense. Keep him as fresh as he possibly can. And then let him be the elite level player that he might be for a year or two. And so adding to that backfield, to whatever capacity, a bigger back like Charbonnet, maybe a smaller back like like, like a Spears uh, or Jameer Gibbs, you know, if that's the route they decide to go. Um, you know, somebody who is going to take work off of his plate. We're hoping, I think everybody has him as a breakout candidate. We're hoping that he is going to be a 250-carry guy, a 45-plus catch guy. That might not be the case with some significant addition in some capacity. And there's still, and will probably be more, but there's still a handful of past really good running backs, including the one that Dak keeps saying he hopes they resign. Yeah, Zeke, right. Uh, right. Would you guys, let's, let's just take Pollard specifically here. If I was going to tell you that the Cowboys were going to draft Zach Charbonnet or Jameer Gibbs, who would you rather them draft as the Pollard manager? Who would be less of a threat to Pollard? Charbonnet. Agreed. I think. I, di- so, I disagree. Charbonnet I, will the only thing touchdowns. is, is like, you know, Zeke had, what, 11 touchdowns from the two or mm-hmm. closer? Uh, something Whatever like that. it was. Um, he was the goal line back, yeah. Right. Whatever. So if they were to That's draft Charbonnet, Gibbs, not Gibbs. Right. If they draft Gibbs, they're they're I don't think Gibbs can handle that role right away. Does that mean Pollard gets that role? Oh wait, maybe I got confused with my stupid wording of the question. I would ra- if I had Tony Pollard, I would rather He's the dra- bigger threat to Tony Pollard. I would rather right. draft I they yeah, who, Charbonnet is a bigger threat to Pollard than Gibbs. That's what I think. You guys agree or disagree with me? I think Charbonnet is a bigger threat to Pollard's ceiling. I'm going to do my, yeah, Adam's favorite thing. I think Charbonnet is a bigger threat in non-PPR and Gibbs is in PPR. <laughs> Gibbs could end up replacing Pollard. I want well, Pollard to be the primary running back for the, for the Dallas Cowboys. You I want, want him to, to lead them in carries and lead them in rushing. I touch. want him to own the carries. I want him to lead yeah. by a significant margin. Charbonnet, to me, is a bigger threat to that than Gibbs. And you're yes, willing to agree. sacrifice catches for yeah, that. I'll would. sacrifice some catches. I still think Pollard's awesome in the passing game and cannot just be 
a two down back. You'd be dumb not to get well, Tony Pollard. To what Jamie said earlier, though, I don't think they're going to make him a three down rushing back and they're going to throw him the ball 75 times. Or yeah, he's losing in some. I'll crash. take forty catches. One, you're losing one of those things, right? But it it it's uh, t- to the degree of is he going to lose twenty catches because uh, Gibbs is there, or is he going to lose every opportunity to be the goal line back, right. which is something that was pretty significant for Ezekiel. He scored 12, 12 touchdowns last year, you know, to to have a bigger back in there. But I I think you know just to make this a little bit broader conversation, not just Cowboys. I mean, would it shock you if the Giants, knowing that Saquon's going to walk maybe in a year, take a running back? Would it shock you if the Raiders take a running back, knowing that Josh Jacobs is, is going to walk? The Titans, if they take a running back because Derrick Henry's situation, knowing that he's going to be a free agent next season? There's a lot of guys, you know, and if the, if the Vikings keep Dalvin Cook, they can go that route. If the Bengals stick with Joe Mixon, they can go that route. You know, there's, there's a lot of backfields that are going to be threatened by this class, you know, to whatever extent they get threatened by, you know, so but not from the Tyler Giants. Algier to, you're right. you know, Not the Giants. You know. That's the thing. Barkley, and, and I would I would hope Jacobs fits in this category after what he did last year. They could definitely draft someone for the future. That guy is not going to do anything significant to the value of Saquon Barkley. Yeah, but you, and you, I wouldn't you think. say that, though, and, and look, the Raiders are a better example than the Giants because the Raiders actually drafted somebody who had at least some of a pedigree with Zemir White. They didn't use him, so that's great. But the Giants, knowing that Matt Breida has been a guy that's bounced around the league, if they go that route, and again, we don't know who's – there's going to be somebody falls. That's always the case. Give me – you're talking like a round two or round three? What are you talking about here? What round? Yeah, no, not round one. You know, it's, it's – it's, if they find just great value, you know, th- there's, some, there's some buzz just because of the, the way that they ran at the, at the combine uh, that Jameer Gibbs on some people's boards is ahead of Bijan Ramos. Mm-hmm. It would shock all of us, obviously. But again, NFL teams view certain players – Differently. So right. Bijan is the first running back that falls, but Gibbs slips a little bit, or the, the shocking case, Bijan falls, and somebody takes Gibbs for, first, which again would be a surprise. But Charbonnet may fall because somebody doesn't want a bigger back. Or, you know, someone falls in love like like Dan is with with Spears, or it's Miller, or it's you know, any of these other backs that are you know being mocked as the top five guys of the position. Or receiver. I mean, Zay Flowers may fall, Addison may fall, somebody may fall, Quentin Johnson may fall. You know, so you may get one of these situations where, okay, now round two, Giants are like, why would I not move up to go get Jameer Gibbs and compliment Saquon Barkley for this year? And then maybe we find out if he's the guy next year. I wouldn't rule it out at all. Gibbs would be more interesting because you could immediately plug him into a third down role. I think if the, the Giants are not taking Barkley off the field on running downs, like hardly ever. It's not to take them off the field on, on every running down, but it's anything that's going to be a knock on where these guys' ceilings are. I can't. Barkley I don't know. I, I I can't imagine downgrading Saquon Barkley if the Giants draft a running back in round unless it's Bijan right. Robinson. But if you're debating Barkley and Jonathan Taylor, or you're debating Josh Jacobs and Ken Walker, or you're debating you know Derrick Henry and somebody else, you know these are where these things come into play. Same thing with Tony Pollard. Look, we're not we're not going to say unless it's Bijan that Tony Pollard's not a top twenty overall pick. All right, Dave, sure. he, he want to get in on this? Yeah, I mean the team that you're missing here is the Chargers. Austin Eckler demanded a trade. He's in the last year of his deal. He's getting close to 30. That's the team that's going to pick one of these running backs. You're going to see Eckler's value take a hit. He won't be a top five. I I don't know why that impact would would definitely apply to Austin Eckler and not Saquon Barkley. I just, I don't, it would impact Saquon. I just don't see the Giants doing it. Oh, that's the one place that Bijan could go. And they could keep Eckler for a year, and I would not want to take Bijan in the first two rounds. I think that's the only one I can think of that might actually happen. 
Okay, Heath, for Barkley and Jacobs, what scenario a team drafts this running back or you know a running back in which round you think you'd actually downgrade them uh, in fantasy? Giants second picks pretty early, right? No, no. I'll tell you right now, mid. Okay, um, then probably just second, fifty seventh overall. I don't think either one's taken one in the first round. But obviously, in the first round, that would. I think first two rounds it would, and like maybe the Giants are concerned that Saquon means what he says when he says he's not going to sign the the franchise tag. Right, and then it would get to the point where okay, he's playing on the franchise tag for both these guys. Uh, you know, do you want to look at the future and get these other guys involved, or do you want to just run these guys into the ground and let them hit free agency? But we can talk about that some other time. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Got some good emails. And if you have any questions on YouTube, fire away. Um, Here we go. From Ram. 12-team, 1QB, PPR, Keeper League. I can keep seven players forever with no penalty. I have the sixth and the eighth pick in the first round, and I also have three picks in the second round, picks six, seven, and nine. Uh, The guy drafting first has told me he is selecting Anthony Richardson. That really confused me because I is this like a dynasty draft? I don't I don't think it is. Um what well, would you, if you kept seven players, that would be eighty-four players kept. Yeah, but still Richardson number one. I mean, that's just seems crazy. But he says uh he always falls in love with the athletic guys. I don't know. What would you guys give up to try to get the number one pick, or would you try to make a deal with the guy drafting number two? And he then lists his players below. Uh but remember, he's got picks six and eight in the first round and six, seven, and nine in the second round. And a lot of great players are going to be off the board. It's a seven-player keeper league, 12 teams. So um, make a trade to get the first or second pick. What would you guys give up with those five first and second rounders that he has? He might have to give up almost all of them to move up to two. And that's if you've got designs on drafting Bijan. I don't know if it's worth it. Uh, that, it's a lot to give up. But if you, it depends on who you're keeping. If you've got seven stud keepers and you can trade a lot of these picks that are not really first and second round picks to have B. John Robinson on your team. I think you, I actually think you do do it. Oh, okay. Let's pick his keepers. Cause it's get, He's going to keep Barkley, Devonte Adams, Travis Etienne, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, probably Justin Fields. And then maybe Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon. He's got a good team here. Yeah. That's exactly what he should do. Well, he could trade some of those players. You have enough keepers where you could trade a player. And then still, you know, keep someone else. 
that does does trading the player count as keeping them? I, in my keeper league, you can't trade someone unless yeah. you've chosen right. to keep them. That's a good point. It's probably how it works. All right, let me, let me ask you. I wonder if, uh, if, if he feels like he can get another quarterback at six or seven, if the guy taking number one is so in love with athletic quarterbacks, just trade Justin Fields for one. And then you get Bijan. And then your quarterback with your original pick of six. Yep. Um, and then I'll just ask you this. If, would you trade, you've got pick six and eight in round one. Would you trade pick six, seven, and nine in round two for the number one pick? Yes. Yes. I would trade all five of those picks for the number one pick, yes. You would? All five of them. Wow, okay. Yes. All right. If that's what it takes. That shouldn't be your first offer. But if that's what it ends up taking to get that pick, yes, you do it. That's a lot of picks. Okay, next email. Yeah, but who, who are these players going to be? It's going to be a – if you've got the sixth pick and Richardson's going to be gone, Robinson's going to be gone, I'm sure Gibbs will be gone, uh, you know, who's left that you're going to be able to get at six overall in this type of keeper league? It's, well, it's, it's not going to be anything What'd you say? The 12-team league or 10-team league? 12. 12 teams, one QB. So, obviously, there's not going to be 15 quarterbacks kept, would be my guess. No. So it, but that, that's the route I would go. I would, I would, if that manager at number one is in love with mobile quarterbacks, here's Justin Fields. I'd rather have Bijan Robinson and Kirk Cousins than Justin Fields and yeah, whoever else he may get. He'll do that. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's. Uh, uh, well, you know, you, if you know the guy picking first is going to take Anthony Richardson, you could just make a trade with the guy going picking second. Um, too. Uh, uh, correct, but you don't know what the guy at second. Right. Is going that guy to might already have a you know Mahomes as his quarterback. Why would he want Fields? Okay, sorry, next email is from Corey from Lansing. Since my teen years, I've played two things in the nerdosphere, fantasy football and Dungeons and Dragons. Both are in the purview of nerdity, but of different flavors, with very little overlap. I've rarely been able to get my D&D friends to play fantasy football and vice versa. With the recent success of the D&D movie, I'm curious about the nerd cred of the FFT team. I know you're great at fantasy football, but what experience do any of you have with the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons? None. You're not going to read his name, right? I read it. Oh, what was it? Corey. Corey. I don't have any idea anything about Dungeons & Dragons. Same. I have a friend who's in a a, a pretty big Dungeons & Dragons, I don't know, like, the, I don't know, world. I'll just, I have no idea. I'll see if I can get him to talk about it and stuff, because it, it would interest everyone, but I, it, yeah. I'm going to sound like an idiot because everybody loves that. Is that the game that they play on Stranger yes. Things? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last one here. GS from the desert. Or is that dessert? Mm. Probably, yeah. Uh, okay. He calls us erudite fantasy football scholars. That's interesting. 10-team keeper league, half PPR, one QB, six point per passing touchdown. I can keep Justin Fields for two years in the 13th and then the 12th round. But the current holder of the first overall pick is a Bears homer and is offering that first overall pick for Fields. I could have Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, or Cooper Cup. Uh, We keep players in the rounds drafted, so I wouldn't get any long-term value out of that first pick. I also have Eckler and Lamb, both as later round picks. The only elite QB not being kept is going to be Josh Allen, who might make it to pick 110. So anyway, he could, he's got amazing value here on Justin Fields, uh, who he can keep in the 13th round this year and the 12th round next year, or he can trade him 
for one year of Barkley or Eckler or Cup, whoever he chooses, what do you or think? Bijan. Or yeah, or Bijan. Uh, what do you think, guys? Can he can he keep them for a first round pick? Like, let's say he drafts Bijan, can he keep him next year for a first rounder? I don't think so. For the, the last sentence makes one thing clear: is that he can trade Fields and then keep Eckler and Lamb. So one hundred percent, without a doubt, you should trade Justin Fields. Okay, he only keep two, right? But somehow he can keep, he can trade one of his guys that he's not keeping. No, I think he's keeping them and Fields. Or, uh, and he it's doesn't say a, how many he can keep. Yeah, it doesn't say who how many he can keep. So, oh, I thought he said. But he he wrote in the email, my other keepers are Eckler and Lamb. Ah, uh, okay. Both of them later on. So I think he's keeping those guys anyway. I'm making I guess, the make the trade. Yeah, I'm making the trade. I guess the, the other question though would be is uh the manager he's trading with, do they have a quarterback that may have good value as well? I know he said Josh Allen's not being kept, but you know, this this is the 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 type of things you do to try and you know take advantage of fandom. <laughs> you know, so if the if the Justin Fields Bears fan uh has, let's say, I don't know. Justin Herbert, maybe um, Lamar Jackson, maybe you know one of those guys that are going to be ranked Trevor Lawrence, you know, you know five, six, seven, eight in that range. Then maybe you could swing that type of deal also. Justin Fields and something for pick one hundred and one and something else, another quarterback. Jamie, do you often button the top button? No, I did today for some reason. Yeah, it's an interesting. I think it was because it was like it was too open with the microphone. Oh, it was a microphone thing. Okay, okay, I won't make fun of you. Looks then. like you're about to go golfing. Yeah, it is a golf shirt. Yes, you don't golf. No, um, I did have a, a, a not a funny experience, but funny, I guess, not as bad as yours. Um, so uh, <laughs> usually once a week, um, I meet a few uh, friends of mine, dads that we have kids in preschool, and we go to Dunkin' Donuts with the kids before before school. And so uh, Heath will know this, Dave. I don't, I don't know if it was raining by you, but it was pouring in Boca. And, um, so usually, uh, Simon, my, my five-year-old, we usually get there first cause I drop off my other two kids at, at their, um, elementary school. So we usually play catch in the Dunkin' Donuts, um, plaza. There's like a little area we, we, we throw the baseball around. And so we're playing catch for probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. It's raining over there. And a very, very, very kind, uh, sheriff's officer said, excuse me, is that your van over there? I said, I said, yes. Did I do something wrong? He said, no, your door is open. So the car is just getting rained on the oh inside my God. of the car. Just on. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's terrible. Usually he closes the door. It's like one of those automatic, you know, doors. Oh. Um, usually he pushes the button. I guess he didn't do it, and I just walked away because it was raining. And uh, for 10 minutes, it's just pouring into my car. Oh, how bad was it? It actually wasn't horrible because the rain, I, I guess, for the most part was going the other direction. But his oh, seat was soaked. That's so, so bad. So he had to sit in another seat. Yeah, and Dave. Speaking of soaked, I overflowed Nando's toilet uh, at his house. <laughs> I texted Nando. I go, Nando, how in the world did you not say anything about this? And his I reply told him was, to. his reply was, um, he made me feel bad about always running back and telling you everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right everybody thank you um our next uh, show is on wednesday remember if you want to be in our, in our the podcast league email thomas.shafer at paramount.com and put nfl draft contest in the subject line and put one through ten your picks who's going to be in you know in order one bryce young two whoever okay don't worry about the teams but you got to get the order right 
Whoever gets the most is in the podcast lead. For Dave and Jamie and Heath and Thomas, I'm Adam. Talk to you later. See ya. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.